Welcome to the Development Podcast, a podcast jam-packed with fantastic advice on professional development from interviews with renowned authors, speakers, industry professionals, and influencers. I'm your host, Marty Manosalvas. Thanks again for tuning in. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for listening in. Uh, Today, I'm thrilled to introduce to you my next guest, Carson Foley, uh, on my podcast. And I've had an awesome opportunity to work alongside Carson these last few weeks uh, at our internship at LinkedIn within the global sales department. And it's just been so fun to work alongside him. Um, And although it's only been a few weeks, Carson, it's, it's cool to recognize that you know, you have a lot of high energy, you know, enthusiasm and, and your work ethic is there and, and it's really cool to see. Uh, so Carson is a senior studying marketing at Grand Canyon University in Phoenix, Arizona. And throughout his time there, he's been able to participate in a variety of activities that has grown him both personally and professionally. Uh, recently, Carson has been focusing on helping students grow by sharing content that focuses on advice around marketing, sales and all things LinkedIn. He certainly knows how to get the job done, and he does it with an incredible attitude that is both encouraging and contagious. Now, I would like to start off by specifying that this episode is tailored towards college students, equipping you with strategies that will help set you up well for success. I recently have just been learning a lot from you, Carson, and so grateful to have you on my podcast and excited um, for what you're going to be teaching my listeners. So how are you doing? Martin, so great to be on the show, man. It's uh, That was one of the best intros that I've ever gotten. Uh, <laughs> I just appreciate you highlighting all that stuff. Man, I'm blessed. It's a beautiful day. I've had a great day. Uh, I'm just excited to hop into this discussion and, and get going on this. There's so many great pieces of content that I know are going to come from this. So just excited to bring value to your listeners. Awesome. Uh, so can you just start us off with sharing a bit about your background you know, as a college student and you know, some highlights from your ex- internship experience so far? Yeah, I'll keep it super high level. So uh, my, my college experience has been very atypical. I graduated high school semester early um, in the winter of 2019, and I started off at a community college, and I took a semester just to save some money um, and just try to get some college credits done super early. But after the semester at uh, Johnson County Community College, I then went out to Phoenix, Arizona, like you mentioned earlier, and um, I've been at Grand Canyon University for the past two years. And, you know, I I talked about how it's a little bit unique. I'm actually going to be in and out of college within two and a half years total. Um, And so it's been a very unique experience because I went from a freshman to a senior over COVID. And it's just a very interesting dynamic uh, just because the college experience has just been so different. The world, like the way I had to network and meet other students and facilitate conversation and lead clubs and whatnot has just been, um, Mm -hmm. it's been both a challenge Uh, But I've grown to appreciate it because it it really showed me how to lead in difficult times. But yeah, so that's college. A little bit about my internships. Similarly, I started my internship process in high school. I worked for a realtor for a couple of months, uh, a Berkshire Hathaway real estate agent. And I learned that real estate is not for me at all. Um, Selling (laughs) houses was not where I really wanted to be. Um, But after that, I went and worked for this company called Ticket Solutions, and they bought and sold, you know, tickets and then sold them on the secondary market. And, you know, people know them as ticket scalpers is is the more common name. You'll see them outside of stadiums and whatnot, but uh, really learned a lot about data and understanding how to 
use data to create a story. Um, and so those were two internships that I ran in high school. I also worked for a startup in high school. And then coming into college, last summer I worked for an ad agency. Um, and this was a really special ad agency. Um, Trendsetters was a, is an ad agency specifically for companies looking to target Gen Z. And so it was a really unique experience of, you know, both seeing the corporate side of marketing, but also teaching those companies how to use TikTok and use these unique platforms in order to reach a younger audience. So had a blast working with companies like Denny's and North Face and Coca-Cola to, uh, to run some really meaningful campaigns. So yeah, that was, uh, that's, that's my, uh, my story a bit in a nutshell. Um, it's been it's been a quite a different experience than I would have expected looking back three years, but I'm mm -hmm. so glad I've had the opportunity to go through it. Definitely. And I love, you know, the last example that you brought up is your experience being able to tailor things, you know, to college students, to just students in general and, and understanding that how you go about that is going to look a lot different. And, you know, like social media, things like that, it, it's going to be brought up a lot differently than how it was before. It's like time has flown and, and time is changing and, and the way that you reach people, especially Gen Z, it's, is, uh, has changed a lot significantly. Absolutely. Um, yeah, no, I, I love the the route that you took is kind of going to community college for a couple years and then switching and, and navigating your way back to college. It's like a lot of my friends have taken that route and they found, you know, besides just financial benefit, there's just been a lot of opportunities, just meeting new people, um, you know, getting involved with different things. It's, it's a really cool opportunity. And so kind of going off of that, talking college, what's your best advice on how to make the most out of your college experience despite you know all the difficulties that have related to covid yeah i i think this is this is two questions kind of wrapped into one so you know let's first like tackle the the college experience like how do you make the most out of your time in college and you know simply stating it as it is college is a nice four-year vacation for a lot of kids um especially for <laughs> us business majors there's not a lot of actual tactical work that you have to do in order to get a's in school or to get whatever grade you want to get you have to write a couple of papers, sure. You know, like just mm -hmm. it takes a couple of hours a week to really get your homework done and do well. You know, you're not an engineering major. You're you're not you know doing really complex mathematics that you really need to study for. A lot of the value that you get as a business major is not in the classroom. Rather, it's the people that you meet outside the classroom uh, mm -hmm. and really diving into your local community. So I, I found at you know GCU is located in Phoenix, Arizona, and Phoenix is a massive city. It's a really new city, but it's massive. And so I've had a really cool opportunity to start building a network in a city that is completely new to me. So currently I'm in Kansas City and my, my college experience, you know, really started in Phoenix. Um, and so if I had like one real piece of advice about how to make the most out of your college experience as you see it now as a business major, there's all types of other majors. Obviously, this might not apply to, but really start pouring into your local community. Start meeting all kinds of people. Talk to your fellow classmates. Find people in other programs that aren't yours. Learn about their stories. Learn about their talents. And then work together on projects that aren't even related to your major, right? Because those connections are really what's going to bring you value out of college. So that's, you know, the question one, like making the most of your college experience professionally for students. Now, as it relates to COVID, COVID's really opened the door to the world of digital networking and, and uh, you know, almost digital matchmaking. You now have the opportunity to slide into any 
person's DMs on Instagram that you want to. <laughs> you know, if you really find someone super talented on LinkedIn and they're not answering your LinkedIn messages, look them up on Instagram, send them a DM and just say, hey, I was blown away by your X, Y, or Z on LinkedIn. Would love to connect, you know, and just you can do that with any person in the world. It, it doesn't even have to be in your city. It doesn't have to be your university. If they ask you, how the heck did you find me? Just, just tell them that you saw them on LinkedIn and you wanted to just, you know, pick their brain about something, right? So this entire world of digital networking and as a student, you can bring in that unprofessionalism of just we're teenagers and, you know, young adults that are just trying to get by. Everyone gets it. Um, so it's, you know, we're in a unique spot. So yeah, uh, pour into your local community and then embrace the digital networking scene. No, I, I could not agree more with the last part. It's like perspective is is so important and like your perspective on how you can view COVID, especially right now with those opportunities being virtual, you know, and you can reach out to people that you wouldn't have been able to do in the past. And now that, you know, everyone's on like these platforms, it's a lot easier. I know like for me, being able to reach out to different guests globally has would definitely be something I wouldn't be able to do had it not been for, you know, being online. Um, but tracing back to what you said is like the power of community and ensuring that you're pouring into that is that's so crucial. And and that makes a huge difference because I couldn't agree more as the people that you meet, the people that you're able to network with, grow with, you know, surround yourself with, it matters and, and it's going to have a significant impact on on you and your life and your growth. And and I couldn't agree more with that. Um, but I, I think that also, you know, despite you know, business managers, sometimes we can have the educational route a little bit easier. We also find <laughs> ourselves very committed to like a lot of things, you know, we can yes. be committed to clubs or just activities or even just participating in a variety of events. And, and sometimes I think, you know, getting involved in a lot is a great thing, but it's, it can also be draining, you know, and, um, mm -hmm. And if like if you're someone like me, like you love to to be involved with a variety of things to the point where like you know you just you just start balancing things, but it can get hard. And so I'm curious if you can share more advice on time management and the importance of meditation, wellness, faith, and rest uh, despite a busy schedule. Absolutely, yeah. I I think this is a super interesting question because I think the advice is very different for a freshman than it is a senior. So. The, the, the advice I always give to freshmen that I meet, those who are just getting into college, is burn yourself out in the first six weeks. And that <laughs> is very atypical, right? You never hear someone advise anyone to burn themselves out. Mm -hmm. um, but the thing that I found is a lot of people going into college have no idea what they want. They don't know, you know what type of people they're, they want to be friends with. They don't know what interests them. They don't know what hobbies they really want to have, right? So you, the way of, you have six weeks where the course load is not bad you know, in your first six weeks of your freshman year, that you have a chance to get involved in every little club and thing on campus. You can go be part of student government. You can join all the business clubs. You can be part of spike ball club and then hiking club, like everything. Burn yourself out in the first six weeks so that way you have the rest of your college experience to truly invest in what matters. So um, for a freshman, I'd say just dive into it you know, neglect every little piece of advice you, you heard about people telling you to take care of yourself and whatever. Um, but no, actually talking about that, um, once you've really kind of figured out where you want to invest your time, because everyone has 24 hours in a day, eight of that should be spent sleeping. You have 16 hours to make an impact, right? Both for yourself and your community. Um, figure out things that really give you rest. 
start experimenting with your daily schedule to figure out what things help you slow down, what things help clear your mind. Uh, for me, it's been a, a, the cornerstone of all of that. It's been my faith, right? I go to church. I, I've grown up in the church and my faith has become the cornerstone pinnacle state of rest that I can get. Um, and that's something that I've known since I, you know, since high school and I really started diving into it for myself and owning it as something of my own. Um, but for a lot of people, you know, they find rest in going to the gym every single day. They find rest in reading, you know, really captivating fiction novels. They find rest in taking a two hour nap every other day. Like there are certain areas in your life that you're going to find bring you rest. So that way, when you get to the things that you really want to do, right, when you find that friend group that that really invests in you and then makes you feel better about yourself you are rested enough that you can give your all and that is the most important thing that you can do in college is give your all in the things that really matter to you most you should give your all in everything but being rested enough that you can do that in the really important things is the key piece of advice that i could give to any college freshman sophomore junior senior rest find the things that give you rest find the things that can clear your mind um so that way you can be completely present in the things that matter to you so let's take it back a sec did you say you have a spike ball club at your school <laughs> <laughs> so uh gcu is located in a you know in phoenix and we have really good weather for you know about <laughs> eight months of the year not mm -hmm. when it's like a bajillion degrees so yeah, spike ball club is kind of cool. We all, we all kind of just play spike ball, play on some nice Ashwood turf that's fields. Funny. It gets pretty competitive. Um, yeah, that's that's one of those things that I think everybody should join if they can at their school is spike ball club. No, absolutely. Uh, but <laughs> I I honestly couldn't agree with more with what you said. Is rest is so important, and and it's important to understand that that's going to look different at times, and it's going to be yep. you know it's going to we're all unique and we're all different, and we're going to find rest differently. Like. You know, faith plays a big role, you know, reading, listening to podcasts, things like that. It's like it, it's yep. up to you. So you have to ensure that you you take the time to figure out, you know, what's going to help me rest? What are the things that I care about? What are some ways that I can actually disconnect? Um, because I, one of the things that you brought up, I think it was in our, one of our first couple weeks here at, at LinkedIn is you said, you know, starting the day off before so with, with something completely different and unrelated to work. Um, yeah. And I think you just put that in a post or you probably said in the meeting, but I, I took I took that into consideration a lot and I've been able to apply it. Um, I've been going to the gym before work and it, it makes a, a huge difference. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it makes a huge difference doing something besides work in the morning. It's like it, it gets your mindset right. It gets you, you know, pumped up, ready to go. And, and I couldn't agree more with that. So taking the time to figure out how you rest best, um, makes all the difference. Uh, but sort of talking more on the lines of internships, uh, I'm curious, how does a student from a non-top tier university land in internships at you know companies like Microsoft, Google, LinkedIn, Apple, et cetera? You know, what's some advice to make yourself stand out as an applicant? Yeah, and I, I, I assume this question came from, I actually had a post about this uh, a couple yes, weeks back on my LinkedIn. And uh, I got a lot of questions, you know, really specific questions about per people's personal experiences in, in applying for internships. Because, you know, while while tech companies and certain companies try to destigmatize their their recruiting processes, if you're a Harvard graduate in computer science, you're going to have a better chance of getting a job in technology than someone coming from, 
Southern South Dakota State Tech University, uh, you, you know, uh, some small school, right? You're going to have an advantage. So I come from Grand Canyon University. We're currently ranked like 300th in the country as, you know, as a, a university or a college. So I come from one of those non top tier schools. Like I don't have the name validity that a lot of people have that come from these top universities. And, and the thing that I really found helped me is one, you need to be smart, right? And, and this is very subjective, but get good grades, do well in school if you're able to. Um, I know that a lot of people say, oh, grades don't matter. They do for part of the process because a lot of companies will just weed you out if they see that you have a 2.5 GPA and that you're like, you cannot focus on your schoolwork. And that might not be a popular statement, but you really need to focus on at least doing well in the school because that is the current thing that you're investing your time into. Um, but then the second thing, and I think the thing that's most important, a lot of people say networking. You need to build a network. And while yes, that's important to network, you need to be very specific in the people that you're networking with at companies you want to work inside of. So if you want to work at, let's use LinkedIn as an example. Um, Martin and I both work at LinkedIn. We both love our jobs. LinkedIn's the best company in the world. But uh, um, if you want to work at a company like the LinkedIn, you want to work in sales like we do, you should start networking with account executives and relationship managers and SDRs at LinkedIn. You need to start messaging them on LinkedIn, um, figuring out their jobs, hop on a couple calls with a few of them, learn about their roles, and start building real relationships with the people in the industry that you wanna go into at this specific company. So that's step one. Step two is you need to start figuring out how to get in front of recruiters in a unique way. The way I did that and I found successful um, for other companies, not just at LinkedIn, is use LinkedIn as an advantage, right? Look up on LinkedIn, recruiters at Google or at LinkedIn or at Apple or at Facebook and send them connection requests and then attach a message to that connection request so that way they see your face. Um, and you can, you know, in these conversations with people that you're having at the company, they can give you specific names of recruiters that you should reach out to. So when you have those, figure out how to send a connection request to them so that way they know your name, they see your name. Um, and then during the application process, you're gonna stand out just a little bit more. So step one, be smart, do your work at school, right? Be successful if you it, do everything that you can to be successful in the current stage of your life. And then step two, networks to strategically with people that can make an impact in your career at companies you wanna work at. So that's really my one-two punch on, on how students from non-top tier schools can land internship at those top tier companies. Absolutely. And even take advantage of the fact that, you know, if you're going to a smaller school, like there may be opportunities for like leadership positions in other places and it, it may be a little bit easier and it, you know, at times it may not be as competitive. So it'll, it'll give you that advantage in a sense, but. Um, oh, and Mark, can I, can I add one thing exactly, to that? Yeah. And, and this is something that I don't think a lot of people take advantage of. Um, if you get rejected and this, there's two things here. If you get rejected from a company um, and you, you had the opportunity to interview with someone, right? You you applied and you got an interview. Keep that person's contact saved and then update them on what you're doing. 
keep a relationship with any recruiter that you could potentially want to work at their company and keep them updated with what you're doing. Uh, over COVID, right? I applied for LinkedIn actually last year and got rejected, but I kept my LinkedIn recruiter. I kept her updated on everything that was going on. I, I let her know that I was working at the ad agency and that I was making an impact. So that way she felt like she knew me and she, I, it kept her in the loop the entire time. Uh, but if you do get rejected, don't get disheartened, go and find another opportunity for yourself. And that could be either with a startup, a small company, just a mom and pop bakery, right? You can do anything. Find a way to get that experience during that time. Don't just go work at a coffee shop. Don't just go back groceries at your local grocery store. If you really want to have a legitimate shot at getting one of these massive internships, you need to build the experience. So that mm -hmm. way recruiters will see that you're building the skills that you need. Absolutely. And, you know, I, I love that because I think it's easy to just, you know, ignore them completely and be like, all right, whatever. I'm blocking you. Like this is it. Mm -hmm. This is over. But know that you never know when that opportunity it'll arise, or when when you can help them, or or they can help you. Um, Absolutely. But yeah, and I think a big part of it too is just it's a you know it's a numbers game at times. Like the more you apply, the more opportunities you have, and that's something I've stressed to a lot when people have asked me for like thoughts and advice around internships. It's like you you should be over winter break, you know, go to coffee shop and just spend a couple hours just applying back to back to places because yep. um, you really, each application for the most part, you know, it, it's just an opportunity to get yourself in front of a recruiter and that'll help you a lot. Um, yep. So kind of going off of your just internship experience, um, can you share, you know, what, what was it like the first few weeks? You know, what's some advice for people starting off their internships? Because I know, I certainly felt, you know, a sort of just like imposter syndrome thinking that like, wow, I'm surrounded by such talented people. Did they make a mistake in hiring me? You know, things like that. <laughs> like, what's some advice around that? Yeah. So I, I think, you know, and, and Martin, I think we kind of we kind of built this muscle together through some of that um, is number one, have a community at your job. If, if you're coming in with a bunch of interns, our class and our intern cohort did a great job of establishing our community super early. So that way, when we had questions, when things were not going well, when people were frustrated, right, we had people we could go and talk to that made it a little bit easier and brought a little more humor and fun into the whole process. The first couple of weeks, it's, it's really difficult, right? Just because you're in a completely new environment. We're in a completely remote environment in a new company a bunch of people we had no idea who they were right but we had those 15 interns that that we worked together to get through those first couple weeks and we all became closer and better friends because of it um, but the second thing when you're talking about imposter syndrome uh, i think that's a that's a big deal for a lot of people right them thinking i'm not good enough look around me look at all the people around me right there is no bigger advantage that you're going to have in life than being surrounded by an entire room full of smarter people than you. Imposter syndrome, people view that as like a huge negative. It, it's the recruiter's job to recruit the best people for your position. That is the job of the recruiter. That is not your job. Your job is to bring your best self every single day to the job that you have and to do your best. And if you look around a room and you see 10 people you know, 10 times smarter than you in your head, then you're doing something right. You got into a room full of really smart, hardworking people. That's a credit to you. 
The only thing that's going to happen is that you're going to get smarter. You're going to learn how to work better and you're going to do a better job, which is going to set you up for so much more success. So if you find yourself at any point in your life in a room where you are the smartest human in the entire room, you are at the wrong company in the wrong job because you're not going to grow like you would if you were surrounded by people that were smarter and better than you. So embrace the imposter syndrome. You're not an imposter. The recruiter did their job. The very intelligent recruiter did the correct thing by hiring you. That's their job. Lean into that, understand that, and then look around at every person in your circle and realize it's an opportunity for you to grow as a professional. Couldn't agree more on that. And it is perspective, you know, plays a big role in that. And you're right, you know, they gave you this opportunity for a reason and, and take advantage of the people that you're surrounded with because it's not a bad thing you're surrounded by awesome, talented people, you know, Absolutely. that's going to be incredibly helpful to you. Um, and we owe you a huge shout out, Carson, because you started off, you know, getting all of us in a group chat and and kind of starting to form those those relationships prior to the the program actually starting. So so huge congrats and, and props to you for that. Yeah, absolutely. I I have to have community more than anyone else. I feel like <laughs> I I I do my best when I'm surrounded by people that are like-minded and and are also incredibly intelligent. So it it was it was very selfish of me to do so, but I think it worked out for everyone in the end. <laughs> uh, so, in an article from the Entrepreneur uh, titled Seven Pieces of Advice for College Students and Interns," I found Corey Levi's fourth point very very interesting, and so he stated. Never eat alone. Simple shifts in your life can make a huge difference. Never eat alone. When you know the person or not, you know, it doesn't matter. The conversations you have while eating can lead to friendships, build business relationships, ideas, and opportunities. And you might catch people off guard by asking them to sit next to them. Become more comfortable talking to anyone and knowing more people is never a bad thing. And so I love this, you know, right now we're, we're both remote and for the most part, a lot of people work in remote, um, but I, I still think this is applicable in different aspects. And, you know, going back into the office later on, it's going to be important to take advantage of this as like, don't waste those opportunities to, to have a conversation with, with someone, you know, you don't always know. And it may be awkward, but there's so much opportunity behind that. And so I'm curious to hear your thoughts on his quote. Yeah, I, I think it's it, the idea behind it's really noble and I think it's good, right? You, you want to put yourself in a position um, to meet a lot of people and to gain a lot of new perspectives. I, I think it's dangerous, though, because I think this goes back to where we were talking about rest and people finding rest. Um, you know, coffee chats and lunch, you know, networking meetings or whatever you want to call them. Uh, for a lot of people, those are the, the 30 minutes to an hour a day that they can just recoup themselves and, and get their thoughts back in order and just reset right before they tackle the back half of the day. So I, I think for a person who really thrives in that case scenario and they love getting out and meeting everybody and they love talking to every single person and having those conversations and they're really motivated in that way, I think that's the best piece of advice you could ever give, right? Don't waste meals eating alone break bread with some other people and then have that opportunity to meet them. Uh, but I think at the same time, understand who you are as a person, understand what brings you value in that specific time frame. Like, are you a person who just needs time to be alone because you're actually an introvert and, and you get your energy 
from silence and, and being able to gather yourself? Or are you an extrovert and you really gain energy from other people's stories and you need that human to human interaction, right? So while it's great to have these conversations, take some time and reflect to really narrow down who you are as a, as a human. Um, and, and so that way you can really do your job well. Because while yes, it's awesome to have all these connections, if you have a million connections, but you're terrible at your job, those connections mean nothing, right? People say your network is your net worth. It's not true. Your net worth is your network, but it's who knows that you're good at your job and can speak about that to other people. So meet people, yes, but really give it your all in your job, in your, your internship or, or whatever that is. So that way you can come at it with, you know, 100%, you feel rested and ready to go. Well, you kind of changed my perspective on that. It, I, I don't know why to take that into consideration is that, you know, people, if if lunch ends, you know, that's your time to rest just after having a lot of back-to-back -back meetings and things like that, you know, it may be good for you in the long run. So yeah, kind of going back to, to what yourself, know you know how you rest and, and take that into consideration. But yeah, you, yeah. that that is incredible. Uh, so uh, can you share on what the benefits are behind building a strong personal brand and, and how can you best leverage LinkedIn uh, in the most effective ways to do that? Yeah, yeah, I think this could be an entire episode by, by itself. <laughs> um, I, I think, okay, I think personal branding has become very commercialized. Uh, and the reason I say that is you, you'll, you'll hop on LinkedIn or You'll hop on Instagram and you see people with profile pictures and they've got all their Instagram, their usernames to all their different social media, which is great and all like I have something similar. But I think a true personal brand is having a network of people or a community of people or a following of people that truly know who you are and understand the value that you bring. Not just someone with a pretty face, not just someone who can talk well, not just someone who can, I, I don't know, write nice words that sound really get great and get a lot of likes. So when you're establishing your personal brand, again, do some reflection, think a little bit and understand what real value you bring to the world. I've used this opportunity at LinkedIn to try to build a small piece of my brand around this whole LinkedIn narrative and, and finding out how LinkedIn can be super useful for students and then providing actionable ways that students can use LinkedIn to their advantage. That's how I used something that I know really well, which is LinkedIn, and applied it to my personal brand, which has led to having great conversations with lots of students to help them improve their LinkedIn presence. But when you're building your personal brand, and just because you're a marketing major doesn't necessarily mean that you're the best marketer in the world, right? So you don't necessarily need to bring your entire brand and make marketing your brand. So be very strategic in how you build your brand do it around something you're really good at and really passionate about because that will come through. Now, talking about LinkedIn, um, this is the thing that I've really kind of held on to for the last couple of months to really target and run with to, uh, to hopefully bring some value to people. Um, but for students, a lot of students, their first assignment in their first business class is to go to LinkedIn.com and to sign up, add a profile picture, and say they go to that university and they get 100 points or what they get, you know, they get a grade for it and then they completely forget about it. But in reality, LinkedIn is turning into the digital resume, right? You can put all of your experience, your schools, you can put all this information on there. And then for a lot of companies, especially startups, they'll use LinkedIn as the way to vet candidates. 
So really what I, I think a lot of students should do is spend literally one day, you know, just a couple hours figuring out the platform, figuring out how the content works, figuring out how to set up their profile to at least make it look presentable. Because a lot of students have a really cool experiences. They just don't know how to show that to people. And LinkedIn mm -hmm. is the way that they can communicate that to the world. So that's step one, right? Set up your profile, do a little bit of digging. Step two, don't just be a consumer of the content on the platform, produce something. Write about your experience as a college student. You'll find that a lot of people want to live through you, vicariously through you. That's the reason we all watch videos is we want to vicariously live through people. People want to do that with you if you're a college student because you have an interesting life, quote unquote. So use that to your advantage. Talk about the conversations you had with certain students in your organization or a professor or you know a, a local business person. Talk about the conversations you had. What advice did they give you? All of this can become content that you can put onto LinkedIn to show people that, oh, I'm active on here. And then because they see you're active, they're gonna reach out to you, which can lead to new opportunities. So there's so many ways that you can just use LinkedIn to get ahead as a student. Um, you can connect with so many people. We, we talked about earlier the whole recruiting method, right? Connecting with recruiters, connecting with people and companies you wanna work at. Um, those are the things that you can use LinkedIn for that will make a tactical difference in the way that you approach recruiting and you know getting your first job. So that's that's in a nutshell um, the mm -hmm. pitch that I give to friends whenever they ask, you know, why do I need to use LinkedIn? Mm -hmm. That's that's what I tell them right there. Absolutely, and I think another thing that I find is is underestimated at times is like LinkedIn Learning. It's you know these those courses offered on there it's a great way to be able to learn new skills develop new skills but here's the, the most i think valuable aspect behind linkedin learning is that the people that are teaching these courses you know they've played the game before they have years and years of experience working for top companies um, absolutely you know it's it's cool to actually be learning from them you know one of the most impactful lesson um, courses that I was taking was on managing conflict by Fred Kaufman, who used to work in talent development at Google. And now he does a lot of executive coaching and variety of, for a variety of companies. But he just condensed everything into two hours. And those two hours, it's I've been able to apply a lot of his lessons in a variety of ways. And so it, it goes a long way. So definitely leverage all aspects of it to your best advantage. And absolutely. My last question is is it's important, you know, to be honest and you know to know yourself, right? To to know your attributes, your qualities. What are some tips to remain authentic? And what are your thoughts around that? Yeah, I, that's a, it's an interesting question to wrap up on just because like you have to truly define what authenticity means. Um, cause I think a lot of people view authenticity as just like letting their guard down and being themselves, quote unquote. But I think if you look at the real world, right, you look at corporate America, there are certain games and characters you have to play by. And I think it's becoming less and less, but it, there's still, you know, a, a general etiquette that you need to follow in certain areas. So you need to remain authentic. Yes. You need to be yourself. Yes. Uh, but I think it is also extremely valuable to do a little digging and, and, and realize that the world that we kind of live in um, and then get really good at that. And I think one of the most interesting things I've seen, and I, I've actually been wanting to talk about this for so long, is I'm starting to see an entire trend of as people get more and more successful in their career, 
and whatever, you know, they're able to bring more and more of themselves out, right? You look at early stage pop artists and, and they like, they kind of all fit the same mold. And then as they grow and expand as artists and reach more people, you know, you see them become their own person. You can think like Billie Eilish, you can think Post Malone, right? You see them become their own human that's very different and unique and that becomes their brand and whatnot. So if those people can do it and you're starting to see that, right? You can be yourself within your circle and, and people will love you, but you also need to realize that there are gonna be people that don't like the authentic you and that's okay. And I don't think a lot of people realize that that's okay, right? You don't need to be loved by 100% of the people that you meet. 100% of your coworkers don't need to like you. Mm -hmm. You need to work with them. They don't need to like you. So if you understand that 100% of people in your life aren't going to like you, or if you understand that even probably 50% of people aren't probably going to love every attribute about you, that should give you a little bit of peace of mind, knowing that you don't need to impress every person. You need to have some of the etiquette you know, to wear clothes to work, like there's certain, you know, basic aspects that you right. need to have, but it is perfectly okay to be liked by half of the people that you meet. And that's awesome. If mm. you want to be authentic with yourself and be the real you and, and talk about the things that you're passionate about and only 50% of the people in your life appreciate that, that is awesome because you're going to have 50% of people the other half, you know, that love you, they're going to surround you and they're attracted to you and they love your energy and they love what you have to say. And those people, that's your crowd. That's your tribe. Those are the people that you can run with and do life with and, and be successful around. So mm -hmm. if I had any tips, it's just to not get disheartened. It's not, don't, don't be sad or, or angry when, you know, everyone doesn't appreciate the authentic you because that's not, that's not rational. That's not real. You shouldn't expect everyone to like you, but hold tight to the people that do, because those are the people that appreciate the real you. Absolutely. And it kind of gets me thinking back to uh, this past week when we had our chief operating officer share, you know, just like lessons and leadership and things he's learned along the way. One of the things he said is just, you know, aim to be just someone that people like working with. You know, it's, you know, you're not right. always going to be the funniest or the most talented or the smartest, but you you have to aim to to be that but also understand that not everyone's gonna like you You know everyone's looking for different things too and, and it just like yeah. the fact that if you're reaching for that and, and reaching for the approval of all you're you're not going to get the approval and, and you're just going to leave feeling discouraged and Absolutely. it's just it's a mess you know so um i think you hit it right on the spot uh, so are there any final thoughts that you'd like to share before we conclude you know, I, I just think uh, a lot of students need encouragement. I, I think there's a lot of students out there that feel really discouraged in their current state. Uh, they feel alone. Mm -hmm. They feel like they don't have community. They feel like they don't have opportunities. They feel like, you know, because school's been online online these, this past year that they forgot how to really talk to people um, and they're struggling in school and they might feel really down. I want to talk to those specific students. There is a ton of hope. Like we live in a world full of opportunity. If you're listening to this, like in the United States, there is so much potential for you to make a real impact on this world. Mm -hmm. And, and it, all it takes is one conversation. All it takes is 
you talking to the right professor at the right time. All it takes is you meeting a friend who really has your back and can motivate you to become a better version of yourself. So don't get discouraged in this current state. We're almost through it, right? We have so much to look forward to. So keep going, keep after it. You're going to make an impact on the world. You just need to get there. Love that. And and then couldn't agree more, Carson. I, I really appreciate just your time and your thoughts around this is they've just been very helpful. So so thanks so much and, and I hope nothing but the best for you. Thank you, Martin. I really appreciate it. I hope that your audience finds some value. Um, if they have any questions for me specifically, they can look up at Carson B. Foley on any social. I'll be happy to answer um, any of their questions that they might have. Awesome. Yeah, and I highly encourage you all to follow him on LinkedIn to just stay up to date with his journey and and you know some of the helpful insights that he's sharing on there as far as like branding or marketing or anything related to LinkedIn. Um, and Carson, thanks again. Really appreciate it and excited to continue working with you and connecting soon. Thank Likewise, you everyone brother. for listening and have a great day.